recording an intro. I am recording an introduction to this episode right now. This is episode nine. And today you get to sit in on a lovely conversation between me and one of my best bros, Mr. Perry Lane. Many of you know him because he is my co-host of Spacious Oasis and just a good buddy of mine. And he was actually my first guest on my very first podcast episode that I made like years ago. And he's just a good old buddy. And it's just been such a beautiful rainy day here in Salt Lake City. We were just sitting on his deck in the rain and just having a conversation and imagining that you were all there with us. And the reason why I wanted to record an intro today is because I want all of those of you who are listening to this the week it comes out to be aware that I have a new live course that has just launched. Yeah, so on Thursday, I uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened. I w- was just kind of setting bare minimum expectations out of myself that day. I had three classes to teach and that was it. And my two afternoon classes uh, got canceled. And I also happened to uh, let go of that job teaching those two classes that were always getting canceled. And that freeing of space, oh my God, the universe returned the gift to me literally immediately. That energy returned to me so quickly in the form of this amazing idea. I gave up two of my classes to teach because they weren't serving me. I didn't feel like my service was being fully utilized there. And immediately this download for a six-week meditation course for beginners, something very affordable, it just all landed so quickly that within 30 minutes of the idea landing, I had created the entire outline, made a sales page, made all of the marketing, invited people in, and within like two hours of the idea coming in, I had my first sale. And I was just like, wow, what just happened to me? That was fun. I've never trusted in my own idea so much that I just, you know, just let it, just believed in it and just let it come through fully. So, so I'm very, very, I'm very excited for this, you guys, because I, as many of you know, I really started my career as a, just a big beginner meditation teacher. And I think this is something I'm so skilled at. And for so long, I've been wanting to create some sort of beginner meditation course. And for some reason, the idea was just not landing. And the idea was always to just kind of create it behind the camera once it lands. And then I was like, no, I've got to bring people into this. I've got to invite my students into this to get onto the Zoom calls with me, to ask their questions and also share that presence. Because even if it's just virtual, you will notice this if you've taken any of my group classes and when you take this course, if you're thinking about it, when you're just in the presence of other people, even if it's virtual, it is so much easier to tune in and get into those deeply meditative states. And what I think I'm most excited about this course is that it's not going to be as information heavy as say devotion or even sanctuary. I would say devotion is my most information heavy course. Devotion, I would say it's a bit half and half. This course is, I want it to be fully experiential. So you're going to come into the class. It's going to be an hour. I'm going to 
teach you how to set up your whole meditation place so that it's comfortable, so that you're sitting properly, so that you're accessing your body. I'm going to teach you the little Taoist warm-up that I always do. Give yourself a little energy rinse. In each class, I'm going to teach you at least three or four different modalities of meditation from beginner, which we call shamatha, calm abiding, um, finding that focus, learning to just focus the mind. Then we can advance into things like visualization, pranayama, mindfulness, and then we're going to end with, with quantum healing. So you will kind of, it's going to feel kind of accelerated that way. Uh, but we're going to get to have those experiences together, go into those deep meditations together, experience them. And my hope and my goal and my intention is that during these six weeks, you really start to foster that practice. You feel that connection with your community. You feel that connection with the teacher. And every day it feels easier and easier for you to just sit down into your practice and, and committing to the ritual of whichever modality I teach you through these six weeks that feels most resonant to you. So I'm just... I'm very excited about it, and I just wanted to hop on here um, before you start listening to the show and just invite you to join us. If you're listening to the show and it's past September 15th, um, but it's still in September, <laughs> I'd love to have you join us anyways because all of the recordings are all of the recordings are going to go into a course called Meditation Mastery. That's the name of this course. And then it's going to be sold after the course for double the price. So you guys are kind of like getting in on like the beta version of this course. And the reason why you might think, oh, what, shouldn't you pay more because you're in the live course? For this experience, my perspective was that if you come to it, you're going to bring so much more richness to the course with the questions that you ask and, and, and anything else that comes up, the energy that you bring to it that I wanted to kind of give that back to you in, in, in the form of money by giving it to you at an insanely affordable rate, if you'd ask me, for a six-week course. For six-week course, six hours, $111 is what I'm charging for this course because I just wanted it to be an easy hell yes and enough an, of an investment that you do show up and that you really give yourself this opportunity to learn and practice with us. And if you're in any of my programs right now, Sunrise, Sanctuary, Devotion, you're also going to get 50% off of that. Again, because I just want this to be like accessible. Hell yes, I'm there. Let's do this. I didn't spend a lot of money learning to meditate. You shouldn't need to spend a lot of money learning to meditate. And then you get to have this course forever. You get to have all the replays. So I've had, I've actually had two Germans sign up, which I love because it's midnight for them and they don't care. They're going to get to wake up on Thursday mornings and have those classes waiting for them to receive. So, you know, again, it is building community, and that's something that Perry and I talk about a lot in this show today. It's building community that is so important right now, and I think that's a reason why these group offerings just keep kind of coming through for me. Even if we're not all gathering in person, we can still feel that warmth with each other through those groups. So... <sighs> yep. So yeah, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. starting September 15th is going to be this course. Um, it's going to be an amazingly deep experience. You're going to get to connect with me as your teacher as often as you need to during this time. 
And yeah, then you'll get to keep the six-week course afterwards and have it at a way lower rate than everyone else that's going to get it after it's finished and put up on my website and all that good stuff. So if you want to, you know what? If you're listening, you don't need to message me. Go into the show notes. I will link the sign up right there. Go ahead over there and sign up. If you're one of my students already, just message me so that I can give you the discount code and I'll see you there, baby. Okay, so enjoy this episode with my dear friend Perry and enjoy your day and let's just prepare for this next part of your journey by taking a nice deep breath in and out. Good, okay. Let's dive in. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, hello, and welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. (laughs) Hi, Jane. Hi, Perry. Today, I have a special guest, as you have already heard him say hello, Perry Lane. I'm sure that many of you know him. He is my co-host, my business partner in Spacious Oasis. We run our retreats together, Mm -hmm. and he's one of my besties. And you were on my old school podcast that I made years ago. I was thinking about that. I should link that in the show notes so people can see. <laughs> no, we, please don't. We, we did a whole episode on consciousness. It was the most vague topic I think I've ever chosen. Yeah. But it was really fun. Um, it was fun. Say hello to everyone, Perry. Hello, everyone. We can just imagine that they're all here. We're sitting on Perry's porch in his really cool like pioneer polygamous house in the avenues in Salt Lake City, if that means anything to anyone. This great deck. Mm-hmm. It's been so rainy all morning, and we can just imagine that all of the listeners are just sitting here with mm. us, chatting with us. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Perry, I kind of described you a little bit, but I want you to share with us, who are you today? Who am I today? Um, I'm a yoga instructor, I'm a videographer, I'm someone who is constantly working on growing themselves, like, you know, using specific strategies to look into my own mind and body in order to keep things balanced. But we are always like operating in a state of non-balance to get into balance, you know. Mm-hmm. But then one, once we fully align, which feels great, just ride it out for as long as you can. Yeah. But currently, I am in a building phase. Yeah. 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 I, I had I had reached a peak experience in June mm-hmm. that lasted like twenty days, where my energy and my focus was ecstatic. Mm-hmm and totally passionate and receptive and emotional and insightful. Um, But everything that goes up has to come down at some point. So (laughs) I'm out of the lull and I am choosing to rebuild, restructure and develop new strategies because we're constantly growing. Mm -hmm. As we get older, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I figured out the method. The method Mm -hmm. is this. And then you can't replicate that same method to get the same experience. You have to be open to receiving new information or obtaining new knowledge because it's all about the attainment of knowledge and then integrating those practices Mm -hmm. that lead us to these deeper experiences of 
contentment, openness, receptivity, kindness. Um, but we have to, you know, we got to like move through the sludge to, <laughs> yes. you know, pull yeah. ourselves out. I mean, or at least let things settle. Yeah. Right. But I don't claim to be like this, oh, very peaceful person all of the time. You know, <laughs> I am who I am. Right. And I just yeah. really enjoy these practices. Yeah. And I've been doing them uh, for a long time. My yoga journey started when I was 16. That's when I, when I, when I really started in, to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. My first yoga class, I was 12, and I was very confused. I was oh like, why gosh, is this person telling it. me to breathe so much? It's hot in here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 12. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> then, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I was, because my mom started taking me to yoga as a kid, and I loved it. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 16, I would drive myself to yoga classes, oh, okay. that I started like, Oh, we're breathing. Yeah. We're 16. Breathing in hey, the pose. high five. It was 16 I know, for me too. Right? I'm like, yeah. I totally relate to that. It starts to click for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to backtrack a little bit because I really like how you started that. Like we're all, would you say that we're all like born on this earth, kind of like inherently imbalanced. And part of this journey is seeking that harmony, seeking that balance. And for us, um, our tools of finding that harmony is exploring these modalities of yoga and meditation mm -hmm. and really anything else that can bring us that harmony we're looking for. Would you expand on that if you agree? Um, well, first and foremost, we're born into the world and then we have an identity through images and projections put onto us. Oh, mm -hmm. you're this way, you're this way or that way, mm -hmm. you know, and when you're young, you have no say in the matter. I'm talking like very young, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we have these images and thoughts about ourselves that are developed into the character, mm -hmm. like this character that we build, our, mm -hmm. our ego mm -hmm. and the identification that we have to that. And then the practice of meditation and yoga is stripping away that identification to those forms mm -hmm to get into an underlying frequency of self mm -hmm. that is fresh, new, not identified with those previous characteristics, mm -hmm. not identified with the previous experience, mm -hmm. but open to restructuring. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're born in the world. Mm -hmm. We've got these images put onto us. You're this way, you're that way. And then we build this character through meditation, yoga. We dissolve the character. Yes. Uh, ego death, mm -hmm. dissolution of like, identity, projected self, mm -hmm. connecting into the underlying frequency of like mm -hmm. self, interconnectedness essentially, mm -hmm. where you feel a part of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you feel that you are one. Yeah. How would I describe that? It's just like you're in an energetic field of mind and body and perception where you are able to more easily restructure and build things by choice mm -hmm. as opposed to being bound to previous experience mm -hmm. of, oh, I'm this way, so I can't do that. So that doesn't that, it, it, that doesn't exist mm -hmm. in that frame of mind. Yeah. It's, it's the unitive state, the yoga state. Mm -hmm. Yoga means union or uniting together that which appears to be separate in our perception of reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we enter this unitive state, pure concentration, pure focus, and energetic mm -hmm. feeling, mm -hmm. like you can feel the energy move through the body and mm -hmm. therefore through again yoga and meditation you can direct that focus i love like the way that you pontificate because it's very unique mm. it's a very unique skill 
I I think that's why I like having you on my show. Pontificate. Yeah, Perry is great at Perry the Pontificator. That's what Ooh. I think. Um, and something that I like, kind of what you're describing, and like what I'm seeing in my head, and like what we say a lot in Buddhism is like, you're born as this like completely pure soul, mm-hmm. and like then you come into this three dimensional realm, and it's like from that moment we think of it as like mud and dust that we're like covering the purity of that soul. In in Hinduism, they would call it like the mirror, the pure mirror. Mm-hmm. We would think of it as like a diamond in Buddhism, this like perfectly clear soul that you are. And then as soon as you're born into society, they're kind of slowly packing mud on it. Your parents aren't meaning to do it. The schools are doing it. The friends, the neighborhood, all of that. The friends' parents. Ex- oh, the friends' felt parents. felt that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we get to... Like, I remember being 18 and, like, moving to college and being, like, wow, I am so conditioned to be the way that I am. And I moved to, like, liberal-ass Oregon and (laughs) I'm having to, like, tear down these layers of who I thought I was. And for me, so much of my journey was, like, removing the mud, cleansing the mud, dusting the mirror Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of the true self and letting that. And I think you described it so beautifully, like, once we can get back to that. And, like, we're working on it. It's Always. not like you and I are sitting here in these, like, pure souls. No. But, it, oh, my gosh. We're the, embodied. The amount of mud that I have scraped off of this soul, yeah, you know, to be yeah, more embodied, yeah. to be more aware. That's when I really believe, like, that vulnerability of the heart comes in and that feeling of deep interconnectedness with all beings starts to come in, mm-hmm. which you were describing. And this, this, this feeling of, oh, I'm not alone. I'm of this earth. I'm I'm a creator here. Mm-hmm. And that's when we go into this creator consciousness, like you said, of I'm doing this all by choice. I'm not programmed or conditioned exactly. to be a certain way. I am choosing the next steps. Exactly. And the more we can, like before we talked to the show, I was kind of talking to you about this, like, whoo, this belief that I am a burden to my family and my girlfriend and my friends. Oh my God, it has been so strong lately. Mm. And I'm like, hey, demon. Thank you for showing yourself to me because, geez, you are annoying as hell. And I'm so ready to clear this muddy burden of you. Yeah. And then be a more, like, I really think my girlfriend and my sisters and all the people, I think they're, you're going to like me a lot more when I don't inherently believe I'm a burden to you. And that's just an example of something I'm, I'm a layer of mud that I'm working on clearing right now. I love that. And I see that. And we talk. <laughs> and uh, I see this like really beautiful growth period that mm. you're going through. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Perry. Of course. Well, it's funny because um, I guess thinking back on like when we first met, you probably don't remember it because you were at the desk of us. It's funny how the, the 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 tables turned. We met when I was going to Centered City. I was 16, so I, man, getting a car helped my yoga practice because oh, I could yeah. just go whenever I wanted. Yeah. And I remember going in, I would always go to John's class and you were at the desk and I just remember meeting you and just being like, wow, cool. This like young guy that does yoga, like how dope. Mm. And then I remember having some friends at Skyline who were like, you know, Perry, we love Perry. I don't even remember who that was, but I remember being like, yeah, Perry's a person. I just knew of you, right? Yeah. Braces and shaggy hair. Yeah. You had your really shaggy hair. (laughs) And um, then... Years and years late. Oh, wait. It was a catalyst. 
That's when we connected again. Mm -hmm. Before, yep, because I worked there first. And then it was like, oh, 21st, hi, Jane. Yeah, so you were, um, yeah, you did some free videography for us, Mm -hmm. and we paid you in um, festival tickets. Is that correct? Yeah, like all sorts of gifts and events. What did we go to? What was the festival? Bonanza was one of them. Bonanza. Yes, and that's. That music festival, I remember that we just got to like hang out a little bit, you know, and I feel like that's kind of when our when we like started connecting more. And then I started working the front desk at 21st Yoga, which is crazy, tables turn, during the same time that you teach your weekly class. And we would just always chat. I got in trouble, actually. Did you? Well, <gasps> just with one of the students. Oh, I students forget about that. Who was like... Because I'd kind of like walk in a few minutes late mm-hmm. because I'd be chatting with you. Mm-hmm. And then one of the students was like, you're just talking with that girl behind the front desk. I'm like, it's my friend Jane. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> I know, would be like looking at relaxed. the clock be like, Perry, you need to go teach your class. Yeah. I totally forget about that. That's so funny. Oh, just my have this relaxed space. You know, I want to walk into my class relaxed yeah. so that people feel like, ah. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those like wake up calls, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, I totally forget about that. Speaking of wake-up calls in yoga, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where you don't realize you're being seen by other people when mm-hmm. you're teaching uh-huh. until someone says something about it. Yeah. Like, I've been objectified a few times um, in yoga by girls. <laughs> I'm sure. That were like, oh, I just love it when you walk by me or something like that. I had this one girl um, <laughs> that was like, yeah, I always imagine like when you walk behind me, in downward facing dog, you'd slap my ass. And I was like, I, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, I am a teacher. I don't, was it, you know, I'm looking at like spines, <laughs> like how's the spine I'm look? Checking your alignment. Yeah. You know, how are the shoulders doing? Um, but that was one thing where I was like, oh, I'm like, people are creating thoughts about me mm-hmm. cause I'm just here like speaking and guiding. As if doing you're this invisible thing. cloud just teaching oh, yoga. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That no one notices. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm just this transparent Great class, figure. whoever that teacher yeah. was. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny because this morning when I was getting ready to come over, I was kind of thinking that, like, being a male yoga teacher, obviously we have all of these stories in yoga about, like, sex scandals and teachers sleeping with their students and all of that. But, like, not, and again, that's not something that I worry about with you. I wonder what it's like to have your students, because I've heard you tell me stories like this. Mm-hmm. Where if I were teaching a class and a man said something like that to me, it would be totally inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Whereas girls can like make jokes like that at their male she yoga teacher. Joking. Exactly. She wanted it. Exactly. And like <laughs> I and I don't know if like there's some part of me that gets like protective of you that's like, that's not okay. Don't objectify my friend like that. Like he's mm-hmm. a person. But I know that that's just, it's just the dynamics, right? And yeah, you know, and maybe if there's any construct. girls listening who are like objectifying their yoga teachers or any boys listening, but that's the thing. I mean, I we all know. just, it's all I in our know. head. Exactly. She just happened to say it out loud to me one exactly. time. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> moving on. She was lovely though. She was a very nice person. She's probably listening. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, me either. Um, so then, okay, wait. I'm going. We're going down the timeline of how we became friends because then we would chat all the time, and that mm-hmm. was great. And then I quit working there. 
and it wasn't much long we would still hang out it wasn't much longer afterwards that you asked me out to coffee and you were like i want to start a retreat brand with you yep. and i was like so honored and that was pre 2020 correct so i want to pause there because we it's so interesting to me that spacious oasis was born in the old world regular community like the first place we rented was like people would be in such close quarters to each other and oh, we were yeah. like we were excited about that like, yeah, like shared rooms exactly it was like a bunk bed style mm-hmm. very modern architecture and the room we had would have been like mat to mat like four inches between the mat and, i know that um, is wild to think about right it's so wild how like now that's like such a not not a good idea not a good just not a good plan and um so my next question for you was and this is a big theme that i would like to talk about with you today because this is something we talk about all the time as friends this year this last two years i guess it has kind of killed our ability to connect with each other in the ways that we used to like you said people were dancing last Not night. Not you and me, but people in general. People in general, yes. Yeah. People in general. Um, like you said that people were dancing at the bars last night. And yeah. I was like, that's something I miss. But I'm afraid if I go out dancing to bars, I'm going to be like, this sucks. It's not the same, you know? Mm. And you kind of you kind there of There is distance. That. Yeah, there mm-hmm. is. I mean, even, you know, I, I, I go on daily walks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a good way to get some energy flowing, focus the mind. And even just waving at people as I walk by, hello, how are you? You know, mm-hmm. it's, the energy is so much different. Almost like people are scared. Mm-hmm. Do I, am, I, am I look scary? <laughs> I normally have my shirt off though. So like maybe there's like, who the, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I just like have my coffee He's or like, water hello. in one hand. Hello. I'm just like the crazy guy walking just around jaunting, without a shirt yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, it, I went on a walk yesterday and the two people I waved at, it was almost just like they were like, oh, okay. You know, mm. not even like responding back. I'm not saying that's everyone. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but I've just noticed this, just a psychological impact of this across the board. If I know anything in my own mind, I pride myself on, I value stability of mind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And this year has certainly tested my stability for a number of reasons, right? Of course, COVID being such a huge aspect of that, but also going through a breakup. Mm, yeah. And man, that's mm-hmm. interesting because, you know, you can only ride that sense of identity that you build for yourself in the relationship for so long after, like, oh, mm. I'm this person, mm-hmm. right? Until it starts to unravel. Mm. And you're like, wait a minute, who am I, actually? Uh, I don't know who I am. Yes. And, you know, just trying to rebuild that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just letting it unravel, mm-hmm. right? And and willingly so, just being open to unraveling fully. The work is never done, right? <laughs> you know? There's always something to unravel. Yeah. You, yeah. you think you've peaked, you've reached it, your mm-hmm. focus is there, your body is strong, mm-hmm. feeling super healthy and open and sharp in the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but things just unravel at some point. Yeah. It's just like the recontextualization. Uh, I'm just going to go off on a real quick side note here. Yeah. So yoga, the sacred channel of the body is the Shashumna Nadi channel. Mm -hmm. And you can visualize it as uh, an invisible pillar Mm -hmm. that is in front of the spine, that hovers in front of the spine. Mm -hmm. And in yoga practice, we are accessing the Shashumna Nadi, which again is the most sacred channel of the body. Mm -hmm. 
And when we're able to fold into the central channel and wake it up, because it's asleep, mm -hmm. right? Because of images and projections and mm -hmm. psychological boundaries, physical boundaries, things processed like foods, processed foods, <laughs> things like that. Public education. So I like what you said about um, cleaning the diamond, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because when I went through that peak energetic experience that lasted a while, you can visualize, I, I looked at it like paper mache mm -hmm. on the spine or the central channel. You know, the paper mache is representative of your ideas and your thoughts and I'm this person and this is how I interact and these are the, you know, it's just identification stuff. Mm -hmm. Ego-based, you know, you're painting the central channel mm -hmm. with paper mache. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you have an ecstatic experience is that you pretty much just rip all that paper mache off mm -hmm. And it's just like this illumined, I, uh, I think of it like a hollow tube, mm -hmm. of glass tube of just pure energy shooting mm -hmm. upward. Mm -hmm. And you're just, it's a very vulnerable space. Certainly yeah. you have to be conscious of your emotions. It's very passionate time. You're just so engaged with life. It's like this richness, this rich quality to life that's like tasty. and. Mm -hmm. mm. Can and you name what you're describing? what an awakening like an awakening <laughs> experience like it i think somebody might even call this like a kundalini rising sure yeah or an ecstatic experience i i think that people listening might be like what what the hell is perry talking about okay you know it, which is great sure, i just want yeah. you to elaborate with us a little bit more i'm gonna start from the ground up then i'll okay. make it i'll make it as brief as Let's i can get a little yoga teaching from perry sure so these type of peak experiences, I like to call them peak, ecstatic, pranic awakenings. Mm -hmm. These are the type of things that you can cultivate in yoga and meditation to help in just dissolve boundaries in the mind. Mm -hmm. So in our mind, we create structure and boundaries and forms and identification through images. Mm -hmm. But all of that is just wiped clean. Mm -hmm. And what you're left with is this very tangible, raw intimate experience of the present moment mm -hmm. without projection of thought. I love that. So you're just here mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And these type of experiences I've cultivated a few over the years, you know, through my yoga practice, but they would only last about three to six hours. Mm -hmm. And again, just very, it's a time of reconstruction, mm -hmm. like reconstructing the way that your mind works, the way that your energy flows in the body. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost just, it's easy to do yeah. because you don't have that sense of attachment to this character that you've built. Mm -hmm. You are building, you're just in this raw energetic form, essentially, mm -hmm. yeah. that like, you know, tube of energy that's so pure. Mm -hmm. So those type of experiences would only last three to six hours, but this one leading up to it, I had finished the Bhagavad Gita, which is this vast epic, you know, Indian story, <clears throat> mm -hmm. beautiful. I had just finished it the day before having this like, it's all about literature for me. It's yeah. like the literature, and the yoga practice that I'm doing leading up to these type of experiences mm -hmm. where it just completely opens me up. Mm -hmm. And uh, also some hallucinogens. Yes. I won't lie. You know, I'm a big fan of We like, know you, Perry. Yeah, of course. I love I'm sure LSD the people listening and, already know you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I use them to stretch my mind to new places, mm -hmm. to explore my own emotions, mm -hmm. character, thoughts, feelings. You know what, this actually came up in my, so in devotion, it's my mm -hmm. kind of one of my yoga programs. We don't do asana. We don't do anything like that. We're, the whole training is about um, the subtle body 
and learning about the nadis and the chakras and the channels because so much of the Tibetan yoga practices that I do are all about what you're describing, clearing these channels and having that more ecstatic awakening, having more union between the body, the mind, and the consciousness. And so yesterday I was giving my lecture on the brief history of yoga and Buddhism and how it assimilated into the West. And I mentioned that, you know, the hippies in the post-Vietnam War era yeah. were the first, some of the first people who were like, going to go to India or the gurus from India would come here and they would receive their teachings. And so many, you know, like Ram Das, he... Oh, yeah. And I didn't really even... This, to me, I'm like, this is just history. I'm not, like, creating any correlation. And one of my students was like, wait a minute, you never really mentioned, like, psychedelics or anything like that until you brought up, like, Western yoga. Is that, like, a part of Western yogic history? And I was like, I would say absolutely. Because I think that it's it's just interesting. The more and more teachers, like Sharon Salzberg, Jack, Korn's, Jack Kornfield, Tenzin Palmo, like these, you you find out how they got started. Like most of them are like, oh, I was a hippie. I was smoking pot. I was doing acid. And then I had this awakening and they yeah. got into meditation. They got into yoga. They got into Buddhism, all of these things. And I think that I always like knew that, but my, my student want, wanted to like identify that as like a specific kind of mm. part of um, Western yoga because it's not really something that we see in these other lineages. Well, psychedelics were the catalyst for, like, the development of consciousness, the development of our own mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in the stoned ape theory. And What is the stoned ape theory? Oh, you know, being a monkey and then finding mushrooms and eating them and then becoming human. I've definitely been so high on mushrooms really? that uh, I was like, yeah, if I was a hominid or a homo sapien, yeah, I'd probably become more human. Because of the stimulation of imagination mm -hmm. through symbols and language, mm -hmm. especially the, the development of our language. Mm -hmm. wow. You know, that's how we accelerated growth yeah. across the globe was this connection through language and symbols connectedness. And the theory is that our human conscious was helped to evolve from these psychedelics from the earth. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that. That's amazing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah, there's Soma. You know, you've heard of Soma then. Hindu philosophy, yoga philosophy. Mm -mm. It was a. It's a soma is like a combination of different mushrooms, mm. uh, Amanita muscaria, a few other things, and they would take it in ritual. Okay. And it would again dissolve the boundaries. Wow. It would open us up to see the nature of reality. Mm -hmm. So the nature of reality is just pure existence. Mm -hmm. um, but our mind is what you know creates delusion, mm -hmm. right? Yes. We're all in our own little mind how <laughs> we see the world worlds. yeah you know <laughs> yeah. i see you know and it's it's through our imagination mm -hmm. that we're able to do that mm -hmm. um but when you strip away the layers of imagination and again what you're left with is just this very raw present experience of feeling sense perception you're just so attuned mm -hmm. to your sense perception and feeling and momentary focus yeah so you're not thinking about the future you're not thinking about the past it's just you're just so grounded in reality mm -hmm. as it is. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite stories from Buddha is that he was teaching his Sangha or you know, his other monks. And the whole lesson, you may know this one, it's legendary, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Where he I know just what you're about goes up and holds the flower mm -hmm. and says nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and people uh, are like, 
Oh yeah. my god, it's so beautiful, and they all have these ecstatic awakenings. Well, I don't. I think a few. I think of it them was tw- yeah, like yeah. <clears throat> it was like twelve out of fifteen or something like, like that. Just instantly got it. Spontaneous alignment. Right? Yeah. So it's just the observation of the flower, yeah, without the need to add meaning to it. Mm-hmm. To say, oh wow, this, you know, or label it or describe mm-hmm. it. Oh, this flower's red and it's small and beautiful, and maybe I'll write a poem about this flower. It's so <laughs> yeah. gorgeous. But no, it's just it seeing just the is. flower as it is mm-hmm. in the present moment with no need of inserting thought or idea or description onto it. Yeah. So it's just, you're dissolving that. the boundaries mm-hmm. between you and what's being experienced. It really is like presence, present yeah. moment awareness, present moment wakefulness. And I think if you like I think about like the first time I ate mushrooms like that was the first time I experienced that Mm. and ever since then it's been this like like really like you were so in the you can't even contemplate like what a Thursday is you know like (laughs) you're so in it yeah like it's six o'clock nighttime what (laughs) is that the sun's setting what's happening you know and I that catalyzed so much for me I was telling my students that yesterday and it created this drive to have those experiences more more oh i feel that and you know through meditation through yoga through breath work and um and yeah so thanks for i didn't know about soma so yeah soma yeah go look it up if you're curious soma so i want to talk a little bit more about and you know we're kind of already talking about like an evolutionary standpoint Mm. um something some of the work that I do like I do a lot of chakra alignment stuff with my students Mm -hmm. and the first thing that we do is the root chakra the feeling of being connected to the earth the feeling of being connected to your tribe and a way that I try to describe like the wounds of the root chakra is when you find out that all of your friends went and did something and didn't invite you oh yeah feel the pain of that that is at like at its root the deepest sense of being left out of the tribe. And in mm. human history, if you're left out of the tribe, you can survive. You, yeah. And so when people feel like, and it's so validating to my students to be like, oh my, like when you feel that pain of being left out and you're like, why do I feel like I'm going to die? Mm. And it's literally because your like ancient human body thinks that it might die if you're left out of the tribe. And so the reason why I share that story is because I think that right now we're going through this, what's the word I'm looking for? Isolation. And we're okay. We're losing like our the tribe. people who like won't pass you on this. This morning, yeah, two people on my on my hike this morning, like wouldn't even look at me and smile at me. And I'm like, what? it's, and like I'm saying hi, I'm saying good morning, good morning, like chatting with people, you know, they're, they're asking me about my dog. And then the two people out of like the probably 15 people I walked past that like just don't even make eye contact, like it's crazy how much it like kind of pains me. Mm. Like I kind of take it personally. And then I'm like, no, they're probably having a tough day or they're this yeah. or they're that. But I just want to bring it back to that, like that isolation, that almost like, unwillingness to connect and how detrimental I think that this is on our community right now. Yeah. It's, it's more like I just want to bring awareness to it. No, yeah. Yeah, there's no answer. Mm-hmm. Right? We're in the process mm-hmm. right now. We're, We're in it. We're still knee deep, mm-hmm. if not waist deep. Yeah, we're watching um, it. Neck deep. 
I don't know. It changes, <laughs> right? We're in. And I think that like you and I, we crave to be the um, antidote for that in some way. Well, we need it for ourselves. We need exactly. We need as teachers. Right. We need it for ourselves. I mean, you. I was talking. To, I was telling you the other day that like I do get a little bit jealous of you because my work is all with people. And it's like, you're a little jealous of me because you're mostly editing alone mm -hmm. in your house. And then you go teach like your few classes mm -hmm. and how we both kind of like, you need a yeah, little oh bit yeah. more than just that, you know? And so I feel that connection, but oh my gosh, like our last Spacious Oasis event, just sitting in a circle with like 25 people yeah. and just feeling that like depth of connection with each other it's like okay for anyone listening i want you to ask yourself when was the last time that you had that that you were in that like deep connection with a group of people at least like four or five people if not more and if you can't recall when that was what are you going to do about it <laughs> and something a lot of my students have been saying to me is that they've been feeling inspired to like start a full moon circle, start a book club, start yeah. a women's group. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go do it. Like, don't wait for some leader in your community to put this together. Yeah. Go do it yourself. And I'm pretty sure I like demanded Perry start a book club the other day. I love reading. <laughs> I know we're such book nerds. Yeah. What are you reading these days? God, too many things. I know um, these, these books look like they've been left in the rain. Oh, the essential roomy. Yeah. What do we got here? Animal vegetable junk. Interesting. Yeah, it's just talking about the history of food and how it was like really based segregation, mm. things like that. Interesting. Handful of yoga books at a time. It's funny because, you know, I love returning to the books that I've read already mm -hmm. because, again, I'm older, I'm a different person, things have changed. And when you read something that you've already read, you're like, oh, you maybe get it a little more each time. Yes. You know, oh, mm -hmm. I didn't even see that mm -hmm. when I first read it or mm -hmm. I didn't feel it, you know. Um, I've always big, been big into reading, but this like feeling mm -hmm. has opened up in the past couple years for me where it's like I can really settle into it mm -hmm. and uh, feel inspired by what I'm reading, mm -hmm. depending on what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. This animal vegetable junk that's it's kind of hard to read because mm -hmm. of how intense it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Community and connection, though. Um, and you, you brought up isolation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's funny because I went from teaching five yoga classes a week to teaching no, no yoga, you know, mm -hmm. because of COVID. And then yeah. I started a once a week free yoga. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. It's just, you know, I've always wanted to teach free yoga. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to just offer it and have it be something that is just like, this is just how I'm giving back. It feels very good. I love that. Um, and again, like, you know, with the video production, it's going very well. Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, for me, it's like, okay, I'm feeling very uncomfortable being isolated. Now the restructuring happens when I ask myself, well, how can I feel more comfortable being isolated? Mm. Um, because this is just the state, the times that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How can I feel comfortable in this space, you know? And again, I'm bringing it back to the breakup because I thought I lived alone. 
Yeah. I thought I did. I live yeah. alone. You thought you were this independent guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you go through a breakup, there's that person's not around in your space. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, shit. I am alone, actually, right now. No, it's okay because, you know, again, there was some grief and uh, loneliness mm-hmm. that happened for – there was – about a month long period there it was just every day I was like wow I'm feeling so alone Mm -hmm. but right now I'm just feeling more comfortable every day Mm -hmm. just being like totally alone in my space you know developing ways to be like yeah well I mean again if everyone died around us it still would just be us yeah right so how can we be comfortable doing what we're doing on a daily basis making sure that our dishes are clean making sure that our Mm -hmm. that we're doing our yoga practice and stretching right Mm -hmm. or energy regulation that's what i use it for it's like my body requires movement Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's a product of the when you wake up when Mm -hmm. you wake the fuck up from Mm -hmm. like all that baggage oh my gosh you're so aware of your body it's it's just this fine you're you always you're constantly going through the body with like a fine toothed comb this sensitivity and it's a blessing and a curse you're like oh god why am i so aware of how i'm feeling in every single moment you know like Uh planes being on planes became a totally different experience for me and uh you know just even sitting still almost like Mm -hmm. i can sit still when required Mm -hmm. but man i just love moving my body it's just there's so much energy inside it that needs to be expressed Mm -hmm. you know in any given moment that you have to do it or else if you and i notice there was a time when i took a break from exercise i'll do these intentional like i'm not going to exercise for a month and a half because i constantly exercise Mm -hmm. you know give yourself a little break and it was like you know about 30 days in that my body just started to feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like there was too much energy inside it. Like I'd be trying to go to bed at night mm-hmm. and my body would be tingling. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you do some push-ups or something, you know, <laughs> get, get this energy moving. Yeah. So again, when you wake up, you better be ready to keep doing the work until you die. Exactly. It's not like um, it just stops and you just like chill and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm done. Unless you become a Buddha, but. And that's the thing. Well, whole other story. you know, with all these like, talking about enlightenment or these direct insight Mm -hmm. experiences that you can have, Mm -hmm. like these awakening things that Mm -hmm. last, you know, hours or weeks, whatever it may be. Um, It's all temporary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't last forever because you go back, like your mind is stretched open and then it recontextualizes itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you can pick and choose the characteristics and qualities that you want. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I definitely see how that's, not constructive Mm -hmm. like this quality of mind and how i'm behaving or interacting with people Mm -hmm. i'm seeing that now Mm -hmm. and i'm going to choose not to and it's it's just a lot easier when you've opened up to that space Mm -hmm. because you're not conditioned you're not attached Mm -hmm. to this um identity Mm -hmm. like i'm this way like how you mentioned the burden thing Mm -hmm. right yeah so that's just a process how you're engaging and how you want to dissolve this construct yeah so that what what occurs then Mm -hmm. more freedom yeah because you're not attached to this frame of mind or this frame of perception mm-hmm. that's weighing you down frankly so it's this constant you know i'm going to bring it back one more time to the shishum nanadi that central pillar the energy moving up what happens is that you know at, at around like day 22 or something i'm like oh god i need to integrate all this energy i mean the whole time i was feeling i need to integrate it and through this ecstatic awakening i didn't sleep for five of those days i was just drawing from this infinite pool of energy i had mm-hmm. energy all the time and it's not like I was worried. I felt amazing, right? I'd be up at 3 a.m. reading, mm-hmm. journaling, 
doing editing, you know, and I'd be so emotionally engaged and passionate about how I was engaging. But you just figure this, you just figure it out, you know, mm -hmm. your sleep, you know, I, I told myself at the end of it, I was like, God, I hope I don't have to go through that again. Yeah. But, you know, even just two weeks after, I'm like, oh, if I do, yeah. I'll know how to handle it a little better. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said, those experiences were only three to six hours. Mm -hmm. Very manageable. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. 20 days. You're like, is this forever? Yeah. Like, I don't know that I can do this forever. Mm -hmm. You know, any like any food I would put in my body, I would just burn through. Yeah. Right. You know, I leaned out. I was exercising every day, you know, I was feeling great mm -hmm. about it. But it's just so funny. My body was working at 150 mm percent -hmm. as well as my mind. Um, so. So you started that with talking about isolation. And yeah. it sounds like you think that this isolation period and this would be my hope that as we're isolated, we are coming into some form of deeper relationship with ourselves. True. And that we can learn to, you know, this would be my hope for everyone that was in this isolated period, that you did start to learn more about yourself, your needs, your own body, what you do with yourself all day. And, and that there is so much growth in that. And there can be so much available to you. I mean, m maybe you wouldn't have been able to have that experience if you lived with five people or if you had your mm. girlfriend around yeah, yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. or whatever, you know. And so that's beautiful. And then now I think that we're moving out of that isolation yes. and like it's imperative to build community. And I mean, so we, we kind of left off the story of we, we started Spacious Oasis before we had any idea what was about to happen. Oh, yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Our little... Uh... Oasis dates. Yeah, exactly. Oasis is, um, oh, yeah. I know, it's funny. It's the restaurant it's in town Oasis. that we always go to. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That is Oasis, funny. great restaurant in Salt Lake City. And um, yeah, and I, I think it maybe was like six months into the pandemic that we like just, we got together and we were like, we got to keep the dream alive, man. Yeah. Like now more than ever, like we have got to we got to find a new place mm -hmm. and we were like, it has to be wide open, huge, plenty of space for mm -hmm. everyone, private bedrooms, like outdoor yoga space, outdoor space, mm -hmm. pool, like somewhere where, where we can gather people together, but not in too close of quarters where it's comfortable. And I remember being worried. It's so funny now that we see the group that we had, mm -hmm. but like before not knowing who was going to sign up being like, I hope it goes well. You know, I hope it's not uncomfortable with people, but oh my God, it literally felt like, a family reunion. It felt like um, the state of the world was normal. Yeah. I think. Like we it kind of created our own little yeah. dimension. Yeah. I agree. Where everyone just got to be together. Mm -hmm. And we had Jack cooking incredible meals. We had just the most gorgeous, huge space in Page with the pool and the hot tub and the big grassy lawn. And, and we booked it for next year, May. And so. y'all, we have rebooked it. <laughs> and part of me is like, we already need to plan another retreat because I have a feeling that all the people who were the first Spacious Oasis are going to buy up all of the beds for the second Spacious Oasis as soon as we announce it. Yeah. And part of me is like, well... We don't need to discuss this on the show, but I'm like, we gotta, we gotta start planning our third one already, okay. um, which may be international. Hopefully, that would be Certainly, my hope. Yeah. Or um, 
in Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like since that. we're since we're on the topic, I'll just bring that up. Okay. Um and so yeah, I think that that's one thing that we're doing. I think Spacious Oasis is is really that's the biggest motivation. It, well, what are we trying to create here, right? We're trying to create a collective. Well, just a nice group of people who enjoy spending time with each other, but who mm -hmm. are have an interest of self-development mm -hmm. and expanding the mind, relationship capacity, mm -hmm. understanding of self, mm -hmm. but understanding ourselves through others who are willing to listen and see us fully, mm -hmm. to see us yeah. clearly. Yeah. Because sure enough, you know, last night at the bars, I can shoot the shit with my buddies all day. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel heard, but... <clears throat> just a totally different environment mm -hmm. that we can create where, okay, we have permission to be vulnerable here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And no one's judging. Yeah. No one's here. We're, mm -hmm. all, we're all humans and we understand that it's kind of a shit show yeah. um, from start to end. Maybe I'm hoping as I, you know, we're getting, it feels, you know, with every passing year, I feel more grounded, more stable mm -hmm. in myself. Totally. But then there's always events that occur where it's like, wow. <clears throat> like, wow, I feel like an eight-year-old. Yeah, this whole human thing. Yeah. It's hard. It's, uh, no, yeah. We're not really talking about how complex it is dealing mm -hmm. with our imagination and emotional, energetic fields mm -hmm. of sensation and how it relates to the body and how even how we move mm -hmm. in our environment determines like this emotional balance. And I think the coolest thing, like I remember when we were planning Spacious Oasis, we were like, at first, like before the very first original plans, we were like, we're going to create these like transformational experiences for people. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, they're going to come back changed. Mm -hmm. And then we were kind of like, whoa, like people yeah. just need to chill and be together. Yeah. Like that was our biggest intention. Like yeah. I'll teach meditation. You teach yoga. We make great meals and we have people be together. And I was amazed at how many people after that were like, transformed like they're like transformative experience jane like people and i think that it just goes to say when people come together with an intention <laughs> like the vulnerability that you said like there was such a vulnerability like I, I feel like people were crying in like our first opening circle and it was well, that it's, simple intention yeah. of just togetherness we didn't have our phones around i I don't even remember if we had like any drinks i feel like we did have some like beers or something not that that matters but like the the uh, to me it's like this the social lubricants right like mm -hmm. we didn't need that like no. people we we i don't even remember what people were doing to be honest people do we what they're gonna our, do exactly right? that's how our retreats are like yeah. you want a beer have a beer you want to smoke have a smoke but we're all here in this like very intentional space together and to me the biggest thing was like and we're not going to be on our phones we're going to be with each other yeah and seeing just the conversations and the friendships and the connections and the vulnerability was oh my god it was oh, literally you're making the most, me miss it Jane. i know i'm like it was the most gratifying weekend of my life yeah and we're so lucky that we we've set the dates to do it again and we're we're you know our website should be done soon yeah it was like a vortex or like mm -hmm. a portal that yes, we created there because exactly. it's so funny you know uh, talking with different people who attended and you as well and, and me mm-hmm days leading up or at least the week leading up to the mm -hmm. retreat seems so hectic. Yeah. Right. Because we know that the work isn't easy and mm -hmm. there might be some stuff that comes up mm -hmm. and there might be some stuff that processes. And, and, you know, I think like in our very low primitive mind, we're 
a little bit afraid of like oh, growth yeah. and change mm-hmm. at this at a just fundamental level. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you and I, who are like, yeah, we're growing, we're evolving constantly. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to adapt. I'm trying to, you know, it's mm-hmm. just the willingness and curiosity to learn and to step into new spaces oh, and experiment, you know? And that is why we're friends. And that is why I have like five friends <laughs> and everyone at Spacious Oasis because that's yeah. what I love about the community. We are all, and I think that's what it's, the, what the copy is on our website. Like we're a community of people who are just committed to evolution. And I feel like this is a theme mm-hmm. on my podcast. If you've been one of my guests, the reason why our friendship or our relationship is so strong is because I know that you are as equally committed to your growth and evolution as I am. And that by being friends with you, I get to upward spiral with you. And you're not going to be like this heavy weight pulling me back on my journey. Beautiful, beautiful. Not to say that we need to abandon people who are holding us back. But, oh my gosh, I just keep thinking about it like, I don't have a ton of friends after the pandemic ended Mm. because there were certain relationships that I was just like, fizzled off. Damn, this is too much work to keep this relationship going with you and I'm not getting much out of it. And then the relationships that are so effortless and fruitful like ours that it's just like, I really am like, okay, now I have like five really good friends Mm. and that's fine. And then of course I have my amazing community of students that are also my friends. And I think that, as teachers, we're always kind of looking for that like line between like student and friend and like allowing ourselves to be in both. Yeah. Because you never want to be that teacher that like, that's another thing I think about like as a yoga teacher, you have to appear to your students exactly where you are. And like those days I've, I've, I told you about that yoga teacher at Core Power who was just really making sure her class knew she was angry that day. And I'm like, you know, I think there's a level at which you you show your students where yeah. you are and then you also show them how gracious you can be where you are. Yeah. Um, but there is a line there. That is a line for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Holding, like, a, like you said, stability. I know that that's like a huge um, value of yours, like mm-hmm. emotional, mental stability. And I think as a teacher, that's something I really, really want to hold. I remember my Rinpoche, um, my Buddhist teacher, he was, he opened the Buddhist temple with his wife and they went through a divorce three times a week. I would sit in front of him at the temple. I had no clue. I had no idea that he was going through that. And to me, I like admired him so much that he could show up in that stability for all of us, even though like behind the scenes, like Things were crumbling for him. And I just admired that. And I just really wanted to like embody that for my students. And at the same time, be a real person. Like he could have told us what was going on with his life, you know, but he's very private that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point when, you know, when you teach, it becomes not about you. Exactly. It becomes about everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole like when I teach, the energy that I feel, it's it's very, it's reciprocated, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Oh my gosh, again, it's like they're showing up for you. Yeah, it's just taking I out of the equation mm-hmm. and then just stepping into a we. And just like being that floating cloud we're yoga breathing. teacher that yeah. doesn't exist in the room. <laughs> I actually, I was having like the worst day a few weeks ago and I got up to teach my Zoom yoga class and it was one of those mornings where I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to teach a class today. Like... Mm-hmm. I feel horrible. Like, what if I start crying? What if I this? What if I that? Mm -hmm. 
only two students showed up that day and their boyfriend oh you know them from spacious oasis um madison and nick shout out shouts out and when they came on the screen with their smiles and they're like i was like thank you guys for being it was like they were there for me and it felt so like oh my god this is the beauty of being a teacher is that like they showed up for me today and now i'm gonna give them back that gift Mm -hmm. by teaching them this great class and then after the class i felt so much better i felt so supported by them and i didn't even have to tell them like what Mm. i was going through or anything Uh, that's something i love about being a teacher as well yeah so much of my yoga practice actually over the years was my teaching Mm -hmm. you know um as far as like the mental aspect goes Mm -hmm. because you know it almost was like i i love learning about yoga and i love learning new concepts and sharing concepts And having gone from teaching five classes a week to one a week and then writing that out, I I wrote it out as far as I can go until I realized um, I need to teach more Mm -hmm. because it's who you are. It's yeah. And I love sharing and I love creating space for people. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that sense of vulnerability and openness, but also exploring new ideas with people. Mm -hmm. Because again, like the yoga thing is just like it's a part of who I am. And uh, all of it seems so integrated and I'm constantly having to start from the ground up Mm. because I've gone too deep, you know, as Mm -hmm. far as like what I practice versus what I teach is very different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I try and like, you know, extract some of my personal practice and Mm -hmm. bring it into how I teach. Mm -hmm. But... It's all on the same path. It's like this level of appealing to the beginner's mind while also bringing your students up to the frequency of where you are now. Like seeing... Matching the frequency, Matching yeah. that highest... Oh my gosh, I love that. Because I think that's something... I think for a long time, especially as a meditation teacher, I was like, beginner's mind, beginner's mind. These are beginners. They don't know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. And then I got to this point where I was like, yes, they do. Start teaching them how you meditate. Like advance the practices. Like you have a responsibility to see your students in the highest version of themselves and teach to that while also speaking to the beginner mind. And I think you just illustrated that very well. If I can be honest with you. um, You can. Oh, okay, great. Perfect. (laughs) Honest with uh, everyone here with us. (laughs) All of you here. Um, You know, when I first started teaching yoga, again, I was 18. And I faced a little bit of like, what what would you call like ageism? People discriminated. Um, mm-hmm. because of like who's this young guy mm-hmm. tell- and it was mainly from older males mm. like the women were certainly just always like oh look how cute yeah. this little 18 year old kid is yeah. you know teaching us yoga but my thing was uh you know uh, obtaining studying all the time learning new things and then presenting all of that information clearly mm-hmm. in a way that people can receive it mm-hmm. and absorb it but I realized at one point through one of those deconstructing, like, in, you know, ecstatic experiences, it was like, I'm trying to appear smart to everybody. <laughs> I'm trying to be, it's like, I know it. I yeah. know everything and I can speak it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as I realized that, my whole teaching structure changed. Interesting. It's like, why would I want to do that? I yeah. just want to meet people where they are. Yeah. I just want to listen if anything, mm-hmm. you know, and they may not be saying anything, but I am listening to my students. I am feeling their mm-hmm. energy. Um, You're the invisible cloud in the room. Yeah, this is just how I'm going to think of you from now on. 
as, as you're teaching. Cloud. I love that though, because it's really like that egolessness mm-hmm. and being and being that full service. And and that's something, well, A, I wanted to celebrate, if we haven't already said that, that it's your 10-year anniversary of teaching yoga, which is insane because you're so young. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. What an honor. It hasn't hit. It hasn't hit yeah, yet. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. It's like, okay. It's just always been in you. But yeah, I'm curious a little to hear a little bit more about, because for me, if I were 18 and I was in that role of yoga teacher, I can only imagine how much confidence you had to muster up. Or did you not need confidence? Were you like, I know what I'm doing? Like, what was that like for you? What was your first like class that you taught like? I love yoga. Yeah. I've always, you know, when I first started it, the continued education and learning. And mm-hmm. I felt very held by the yoga community I was involved with, Central yeah. City Yoga. You kind of grew I up never, in it, right? Yeah, exactly. I never felt any pressure. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there was some pressure. I will say this, you know, the first year of teaching, you teach a, a handful of great classes, mm-hmm. but you also teach a handful of some, oh my God, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a part of the totally, learning. Totally, yeah. Right? Until you figure it out, until you get it You get it into there, that flow, you know? yeah, totally. I remember one class, I was like, God, this is one of the most cringy memories I have. Oh, and again, no. you know, imagine just me with my hair in my face, yeah. braces, tank top or something. You had races when you were 18? I got them later. Oh. Um, And I remember trying to, you know, just talk about a concept. Mm -hmm. And I was botching it. I was totally wrecking it. And then I would just, I reached out, you guys get it, right? And everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, you know? Oh my gosh. And uh, then I took, you know, but again, like I, I guess the confidence builds when you are put into those type of situations where totally. you're like, I'm fucking up, yeah. but I still have to teach this class. And that was the beginning of the class. You're like, I cannot walk out of this yeah. room right now. And then you can kind of, you know, the thing is you learn to kind of piece things together as you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love is like, I used to, you know, write out my concepts and then I would, I would rehearse them. You know, Aww. I loved rehearsing. Yeah. I loved writing them. You pontificate while you teach. I yeah. love it. And uh, I would try and come in with a huge lesson plan to talk about in the beginning. And I did that for a long time very well. But as you learn, you just kind of lay -hmm. the concepts out throughout the practice, right? They're interposed and then you can talk about something. And you let it come through you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's more of this, you know, I'm not thinking about it, you know. Well, that's something I actually tell a lot of young teachers. Like, yeah, when you're starting to teach, like you want to structure your classes. You want to be prepared. Because then once you get good at that, you can just show up and flow yep. and just like whatever comes through. And But like when you're starting to teach, you've got to give yourself yeah. a little structure. And it's the obtainment of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one aspect or one pillar of practice is mm-hmm. obtainment of mm-hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the integration of that knowledge through practice. Mm-hmm. So when you obtain it, yeah, sure. You, you know, I, I talked about the present moment for years. And I thought I got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what the present moment is. We're talking about the present moment. I'm reading about the present moment. I'm yeah. writing about the present moment. And You're then it really wasn't until, to get there. yeah, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until like this years. And this, I was doing this specific pranayama exercise, the one that I taught at Spacious Oasis, mm. where I was high. Yeah. I was looking at bricks on my house and I was like, again, no projected images in the mind onto yeah. my experience. And I was like, this is it? Is this it? And then I, I don't even that. think that it's was like the it. non-conceptual yeah. 
mind. We call it rigpa in Buddhism. Mm. This non-conceptual mind. You, like I love how you described yeah. it. Like I was just looking at the brick wall. And I tried to like sit and like, can I have three moments of that? Can I say that like after my meditation practice, that's that's the idea. You 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 break off and then you try to just can I have like three moments of that experience? Yeah. I love so that. I wanna I wanna talk about this because it's very real. And through meditation and yoga, you're developing the mind. And mm -hmm. you're also developing the brain mm -hmm. and your nervous system. Mm -hmm. You're extending it, you're growing it, you're evolving it. And what I notice is that yeah, through continued practice. It's you're creating these neural pathways to the present moment when you're intentionally doing whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's mindfulness, mm -hmm. right? You're washing the dishes and you're thinking about some bullshit. And you're like, wait a minute. No, let's look at the dishes. Let's mm -hmm. breathe. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look around. Let's engage sense perception yes. and detach from imagination. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I remember in the practice I was, you know, earlier on, I was so engaged with that and like needing to do that. But now I'm just there. Yeah. So at any time, the pathway has been created. Mm -hmm. And through that continued stimulation of the neural connection, mm -hmm. there's something called myelin, which is like this fatty tissue that grows around the neural connection. Mm. It's a bridge. So it strengthens the oh, bridge wow. and connection so that you're able to drop what you're doing and dissolve the images and focus on the moment. And be present. And it's again, it's choice, mm -hmm. right? Because when I feel super overwhelmed with my thoughts, it's like, going on a walk yeah figuring it out that's mm -hmm. my thing mm -hmm. I like the walks yeah. I like to look at my environment and uh you know but you need conceptualization mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. one last thing yeah I became so involved with my yoga practice and mindfulness practice at one point that I stopped setting goals because of contentment mm. I'm perfectly content where I am mm -hmm. perfectly focused just enjoying the process whatever mm. life hits you with other things I'm not saying it was a perfect time but mm -hmm. I remember it was a six-month period mm -hmm. where it's just like mindfulness well I'm just here there's no point to do anything because I've already arrived mm -hmm. and then at the end of the six month I was feeling very bizarre because I had stopped setting goals and yeah. I had stopped searching for more because yeah. I thought I had arrived yeah and I think that that kind of like depressed my system a bit mm -hmm. because naturally I'm someone who loves to set a bar yeah. and then like go above it, you know? I love that. Um, it's like with my clients. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you set an expectation and then you over exceed the expectation. Yes. So it's like if I say, oh, I'll have it to you by Friday, I'm having it to them by Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Um, Cont it's interesting that you bring up contentment because that's something that I've been kind of grappling with I was in a coaching call the other day and like you you know me Perry I bitch and moan about living in Salt Lake City all the time <laughs> I and I it. said in the call like but I'm very content here and a few of the other people in the call were like isn't content good like isn't contentment something we want to achieve on the yogic path and I got I felt a little like oh I'm not sure mm -hmm. I, I actually don't know because yeah. I think we all want to achieve contentment but I don't want to stop growing. And I think that if I sit, tell myself, I'm content, I'm happy here, how can I welcome in more growth and more expansion and new experiences? And so I love that you said that, like it almost kind of depressed your system being so content. Mm -hmm. And like, I just love this idea of an upward spiral. 
like when you're upward spiraling, it's getting bigger and it's getting bigger and it's expanding and it's holding more space and more space, right? And if I get content and I stay in Salt Lake City for the rest of my life. Pause. <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, like, yeah, like it just slows down, right? The, the, yeah. Instead of it. And you wonder if it's like a, it's a result of our Western mindset mm. and cultural conditioning and Be things like that. Be happy where you are. Be grateful with what you have. Well, exactly. But more, more, more. Need, need, need. Do more things. Exactly. And then I'm like, oh, can I not be happy with what I have? Like right now, things are chilling so hard for me. Yeah. And I even, at the beginning of this week, I thought, Jane, this week, you could do absolutely nothing if you wanted to. And you're going to make the same amount of money for the next three months. The same things are going to happen. And I literally, I tried that and then I created all this new stuff and I just kept doing new stuff yeah, and I, I just it. like, I don't know, dude, contentment. I don't know. This is something we can explore, I guess. I think it's just exploring humanity, what it means to be human, Yeah. which is again, complicated. I love to explore these. I love to journal about it, mm -hmm. you know, my personal experience, because again, yeah, there's moments when you don't feel like there's enough, but I swear to God. You do some yoga practice and it's good and you mm -hmm. set the tone, you light your incense, mm -hmm. you breathe, you give yourself time, you put down your fucking phone. Mm -hmm. That's a root of suffering right there oh is my the, God. the attachment to the phone. But, Seriously. you know, I have to turn my phone off mm -hmm. for periods in the day. I'll choose like two hour periods, mm -hmm. two to three hour periods. So it's like, oh, great. I can do what I need to do fully mm -hmm. and with intention oh as gosh. opposed to the grasping mind mm -hmm. or the uh what would you say that it is it's like this searching mm -hmm. this reaching it's reaching it's e like i put it in an instagram post the other day like this when i'm lonely you guys can't see me i'm doing this thing where i just i didn't even realize my phone was right there but my body knows my phone's right there and it can just grab it oh yeah look at it my thumb is going to immediately open Instagram. It's going to like, it's so crazy how like, mm -hmm. I won't even notice that I'm doing it. Compulsive. That's so the word compulsive. I was looking for is this yes. compulsive reaching mm -hmm. um, for dopamine. And we're doing Something it in, like we can get it in, you know, food, booze. We can get it in likes. Like, I want you guys to think about this because I've been really, really noticing this. Like I'm in the middle of a sale right now, right? When I look at my phone, I get a little message that says someone bought meditation mastery. And I'm like, woohoo, little hit. Wee. I feel that hit. And then I notice like when I open my Instagram and it's like one like in the corner and I notice I feel a hit oh, yeah. in my body mm -hmm. or like 10 new followers. Uh, uh, uh. And I feel it in my, and I'm like, this is weird, dude. This is so weird. Like, this should not feel as equivalent to like eating a brownie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it really, I'm like, this feels like I am I like eating the brownie more. I choose the brownie exactly. all day. It's like, we don't, and, and, it, and it's weird because like, I'm running a business and obviously it feels good to get those hits, but like, it's, it's just interesting to notice those little different hits we get throughout the day of feeling better about ourselves you know i'll be honest i i'm just the past few months i felt so nostalgic for my you know past mm -hmm. and times where we didn't have these phones and uh it's interesting because i looked up you know one of my favorite artists had released a live show and on the internet on youtube 
but the crowd was so dead. Mm. And this is some like fairly engaging, intense music. You mm-hmm. know, I like the intense stuff. It's fun for me. But I was like, wow, this crowd is dead or and just using their phone and filming the performance. Where is like, I was like, this is bizarre. I'm going to go back to their earlier performances. Mm. No one had phones like that. People just Maybe had flip lighters. Phones. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like mosh pit is like kind of aggressive music. So, oh my but gosh. everyone, like people were there to connect with the artists mm-hmm. and people were there to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. But we have created so much boundary and division between mm-hmm. ourselves with just having phones. And because we're living in two separate realities, essentially, mm-hmm. we're living in the reality of connectedness of other people Mm -hmm. it's like oh i'm at this concert Mm -hmm. and i know that oh that person looked at my blah 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 you know instead of just being like look at that person we're just making eye contact and that that feels really good because we're relational beings it is required we can't do this alone we are holding each other's hands we need to support each other this is very important that is what i'm trying to say yeah and you know and again just all this propaganda and fear creating a divided nation at the moment as someone who does extensive research, I'm not going to go into any conspiracies here, but I <laughs> try to get both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, no conspiracies. No Perry. conspiracies today. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to him. But I mean, talk about it. I love that you bring this up because this is something that I feel like I've been trying to get across. And this is something I'm trying to get myself to accept. Jane, when you grab your phone and you have comments on your Instagram, that is not connection. It's not. It can feel nice. It can, but no, this is not a replacement for a connection. What are you doing to actually connect in real life with the people that you care about? Because this isn't it. And we're social creatures and that's why we love social media so much and we're so addicted to it because it's giving us that feeling. And it's not real, dude. Ooh, the rain's picking up. That's nice. Oh my God, this is such a nice rainy day. Well, that's why I'm going to be teaching more classes. Exactly. This is why I'm choosing to engage more with people, to be with people. To rebuild because, you know, it was traumatic going from teaching five classes a week and seeing these students that I'd seen for years, Mm -hmm. you know, the soft flow ladies. Mm -hmm. I miss them. Yeah. And I'm hoping that I can reconnect with them. Yeah. Or just reconnect with people in general. I mean, exactly. Because my job is fair. Like, I, I go shoot, I see my clients, I have good times, I'm relating. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, I spend so much time alone at my house. And again, mm-hmm. I live alone, right? I don't mm-hmm. have a partner. So yeah. I'm learning what that is like. And it's interesting because what is it? Okay, you break up mm-hmm. and then you have to work on feeling so good alone, so empowered. And mm-hmm. then when you're at the peak of that, feeling great, you get into another relationship. Someone or you find comes in someone and, and you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> Like, why can't, you know, like... Oh, my God, that's totally where I was when Bruna found me. I was like, no, 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 no I'm so good on my own right now. No, <laughs> it's like this vacuum, <laughs> this love that just sucks Like, I in. just got here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm feeling really good. Yeah. And it's like, and, that's uh, why you appeared, because I'm finally feeling really good about myself. I know, and that's the work that yeah. needs to be done, you exactly. know? I wrote a contract with the universe. Oh, yes, I remember this. I wrote it. Good. I'll show you later. It's good. fun. But it's just, you know, because I need something to keep me motivated to do the work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because in a sense, my partner was a, was a sense of motivation for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm making more money. That means we can go do more cool stuff, Yeah, you know? Someone to share it with. Sh- share it with, mm-hmm. essentially. And, and I went through a period that in the, you know, after the ecstatic experience was fairly low, 
definitely a low period for me. It's like, what am I doing all of this work for? Mm. I didn't feel like I was valuable enough to do the work for, I think. Oh, like yeah. that I was enough. Yeah. Like, why would I do this Just for Just inherently me? on your own. Yeah. yeah. Why, I'm doing this for me? Wow. <laughs> Whatever. Who wow. fucking cares? Yeah. That's huge. But, you know, I get, it, I'm in a building phase and I'm feeling very good now. Good. That was August. We're in September. August was a low period for me, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel great that I'm on the uprise right now. We're in Virgo building. season, baby. I know, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So your birthday's in, like, three days. <coughs> and Thanks for reminding me. Yes. And your 10th year of teaching yoga. Correct. <gasps> okay, so how are you going to celebrate all of this? Is it bad to say... Well, I'm going to a music festival. Okay. Uh, with Andrew and Cajun, my oh, buddy Ethan. We're fun. going to Vegas. Life is beautiful. That was kind of the the stage. Oh, good. The setting of of birthday. Oh God, because Andrew's community. birthday is also in, in September. Okay. So. And you can go be around people at a festival. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've actually got it set up pretty well. I'm going to give my friend a little plug. The vitamin injector. I was Ooh. like... Yeah, hook me up with a pre and post vitamin injection, so like it'll help boost my immune system. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm That's super excited. Good. She can come to my house, boost me up with some vitamins, and then by the time I get back, maybe some vitamin Have C some or strong immunity before you yeah. go. That's such a good idea, dude. I love it. That's dope. Okay, good. Cause yeah, I'm like, we need to create a big celebration for you, but it sounds like you've got a big celebration planned. So yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, too. It's you know. Uh, I've got a Reiki session with, uh, like, my first Reiki, what would you call her? Like person. a like before me? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say my first Reiki session. I'm like, dude, I've totally given you a Reiki no, session. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She, okay, she's so you have a different practitioner that you've known for a yeah. longer time. And uh, she's a powerful oh, person. Oh, good, good. And it was funny because it was, like, this instinct a week or two ago where I was like, I need it. Mm -hmm. I need it. Mm -hmm. And the one day, the the, cl the earliest day was my birthday oh, that she was fun. available. I love that. And I was like, oh, 14th? Boom. Great. Yeah. That's going to be great. This is going to be very important. I think this session is going to be very important. Oof. And I hope, you know, because she's phenomenal. Like, mm -hmm. the I've only done uh, maybe two sessions with her. Mm -hmm. But each session, the, I just felt the energy being processed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was very bizarre. Oh, yeah. I love that. So. I, I, I just, I think that again, you go into that space with the intention of releasing all that isn't you anymore, all that wants to be left in the past. And you allow that Reiki energy to just cleanse, purify, clear and awaken the body. When you let go of it, mm -hmm. then you can open up to who you want to be. Exactly. I'm always constantly asking myself, who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. How do I want to show up for people? Mm -hmm. Kind, generous, open, but myself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're authentic, the diamond inside yeah. of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's funny. I'm a loose cannon sometimes. <laughs> crazy guy, you know? <laughs> People call me crazy. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. It's more, life is more entertaining when you're mm -hmm. crazy mm -hmm. and kind of bizarre and mm -hmm. throw people curveballs. I've always done it since I was a little kid, right? That was always the feedback that teachers gave my mom. Perry's very smart. He knows, but he's like constantly testing me. <laughs> he's constantly testing other students, you know, yeah, yeah. and just like, I don't know what he's doing, but mm -hmm. he seems to be having fun, but it is disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have like an inte intellectual rebelliousness about you, which is something I love. Yeah, I don't know where it came from, you know. My mom said when it's I was born and 
since I was a little kid, she's like, you've always just been Perry Lane. Yeah. Like you've always been mm -hmm. who you are, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that of course she fostered that as well. Mm, um, yeah. She had me when she was 15. Wow. Meaning that as we grew up, she never treated me like she was like above me. Yeah. She always treated me as an equal and she always valued my feedback um, on any situation wow. and especially people. She'd always yeah. be like, can you get a read on that person? <clears throat> like her friends mm -hmm. and I'd be like that's a no-go that person is crazy and then you know she'd keep hanging out with them and later wow. sooner than later she'd be like yeah that person was fucking crazy wow. but you know it's like she grew up with you I never thought about that yeah. oh my god that's exactly right and I think that's wow. how I was able to develop very quickly mm -hmm. or just have like this I don't know what it was because I, I was like she was 15 right mm -hmm. so by the time I started to create thoughts conceptualize by my own <clears throat> I realized it. We moved to Salt Lake City when I was 12 mm -hmm. and she was 28. Wow. I'm 28 right now. Wow. Imagine having a 12 year old. I know. I, we went to dinner a couple nights ago and I thought about that. I was like, how old are you? She's like, yeah, 28. I was like, well, what, what? And I remember, you know, because people keep talking about Saturn returns, this mm -hmm. 28, 29 of this mm -hmm. accelerated growth period of change and, and can can be beautiful mm -hmm. but also at the same time will be challenging and difficult mm -hmm. and when she moved here you know i just remember that year she she was an alcoholic at the time oh. you know she's 15 years sober now oh. but um yeah good for her i didn't and know we that. did that together too you know like i supported mm -hmm. her in that and went mm -hmm. to meetings with her and that's how she found yoga it's like she oh. stopped going to meetings and then yoga became her thing you know and then yeah. she's like you should come to yoga one time such a gorgeous story, Perry. She's got a pretty epic story. Maybe that'll be for another day. But yeah. yeah, I mean, she ran away when she was 12 from home. Maybe someday she needs to be on the show. Maybe. That'd be fun. I've only met your mom once. And it was so funny because I didn't know that it was your mom. And it was when I came to one of your yoga classes. And the woman next to me, like, her practice. This is so me when I'm in a yoga class. Like, that woman's practice is gorgeous. Like, I want to move like she does. And she was just, like, so in tune with herself. And it, and I literally, like, Jane, eyes on your own mat. That's, like, something I have to tell myself. Yeah, yeah. And then after you were, afterwards, you were like, this is my mom. And I was like, I got all intimidated. I was like, oh, yeah. no way. Like, to me, your mom is so cool. And I've only met her that one time, I think, so... Well, you felt you saw her energy. I think that was exactly. what's important. It's mm -hmm. like not what someone says, but again, how they move their body. You see the way someone moves and you just feel something from mm -hmm. them. You feel that resonance, that attraction. And then, of course, it's your mom. Yeah. Um, wow, Perry. Well, thank you for sharing so vulnerably so much about your story with us. And cool. thank you for being my friend. Yay. I love you so much. Love you, Jane. And... Um, so for the people listening that don't know you, that want to get more into your space and what you're doing, how can they find you? Instagram, Perry Lane. P-E-R-R-Y-L-A-Y-N-E. L-A-Y-N-E. Yep. And what, is your, what classes are you teaching right now? I'm just doing the free yoga, Thursday, 6.30 p.m. outdoor. In the avenues. The street. Yeah, it's right there in, in the Salt grass. Salt Lake City. And then in the beginning of October, I will be starting at a studio, Leela Studio. And I'll be doing twice a week. Yay! Yeah, it'll be super fun to get back into a studio space. Yeah. Something that I uh, really needed. So, one last point. Yeah. You know, that sense of identity that you can ride mm -hmm. af 
after a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm still this person. Mm-hmm. And then that fizzles out. Mm-hmm. So I realized I'm like, well, who, who am I? Mm-hmm. And I realized I was someone who taught yoga before I met my partner. Mm. And uh, that, that was something that was missing. Yeah. You know, I taught once, I teach once a week, but again, it's not enough. No. I need to be actively engaging with people twice mm-hmm. a week, maybe three times a week, um, creating space, opening up. And doing it, you know, for myself, but also doing it for the students. Mm -hmm. Continued education. Because, again, it's like, what, am I doing this for myself? No. Doing doing it for the collective. Community is essential. 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 (laughs) Connection is essential. Even if you're like me and you have, like, five friends and three sisters and, like, that's all you need. Like, when you hesitate, it's essential. Don't hesitate. Yeah. When you hesitate, be like, I'm hesitating, doing it anyways. Exactly. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, one day at a time. We're going to see how this world is restructured. Yeah. Things will change. Um, but uh, I'm happy to be on this journey with you. <sighs> so, Spacious Oasis 2.0, May 11th through the 14th. Is that correct? Well, I guess we haven't, I guess I just Middle of May. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I forget the dates. If you're, yeah, if you want to come, just get ready. We're going to officially put the, you know, the whole sales page up in December. Um, and yeah, Perry, I'm sure I'll have you back on the show again a lot. I'd love to be on the show. This was really yeah. fun yeah. to just actively talk mm-hmm. in this way. Actively share. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that everyone listening receives our love. And our presence. We yeah. love you. And if you want to connect with Perry, reach out. Send him a message. Say hi to him. Yeah. Say hi to either of us. And Let's talk about yoga. Exactly. Let's exactly. talk about, I don't know, maybe not, just being human, man. Yeah. Just a shared experience of what it is to be human. Yeah. What's it like to be exploring what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thanks, Perry. Bye-bye. <laughs> ah, Yes. Just being human, man. (laughs) That was honestly just like a little listening ear inside of what it's like to hang out with me and Perry, honestly. So I hope that you have enjoyed it. And I hope there's something you have received from this episode, some, some hit of inspiration, okay? So if you love this show, please, you guys, share it on your stories. Like, it means the world to me when you do that. Leave me a review, yo. Send this episode to someone who maybe needs to hear it. Someone maybe who's isolating too much and needs to be reminded that sweet sweetness of community and connection. And um, get your little bum over to your laptop to send me a message so that you can sign up for Meditation Mastery because honestly, this is just something that you cannot let pass you by, babe. You just... You just don't want to miss out on this, honey. So send me a message. Check out the show notes. Go sign up. I cannot, not, not wait to do this course with you. And I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful day. And no matter what you do.